Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the house. Well, let's get her done. Welcome to my house. You know, every once in a while when we hit a topic, we can't answer the questions fast enough. Right now, we're suffering appliance hangover. Man, uh, Hassar, Honest Appliance Sales, Service, and Repair, was in the last hour talking about kitchen appliances, primarily and laundry appliances. Uh, And we've got a lot of questions stacking up that we're going to get to through the course of this next hour. So if you got in and couldn't get your answer question live on air, we'll get to it here this hour and get you caught up. And we're here this hour, my son, Romy, co-host of the show, of course, uh, kind of a new member of the team, our baby daughter, Carol Grace. She's kind of in there watching the text and getting all the social networking messages out. Of course, my wife, sweet Jennifer, is call screening. You can join the conversation by dialing us at one 767 And of course, Mr. Gary D., our broadcast engineer. Before we get into the topics, I I have to share with y'all a survey that hit me like a two-by-four across the front of my head this week. It's a survey that was compiled in collaboration with a lot of different people. Uh, I like that. It's not just one source claiming something. Uh, It was the the COVID-19 Economic Impact Tracker. It was Fredonia. It was Bank of America poll of over 1,000 American homeowners, uh, Lightstream survey, Home Improvement Research Institute, and Realtor.com with Qualified Remodeling Magazine. That's a lot of different sources. They put all these people in a roundtable with survey results they had taken from actual Arizona, not actual, American homeowners coast to coast. And here's some of the things they're seeing in this interesting year. And I'm going to call it an interesting year. I'm going to quit calling it a challenging year. It's an interesting year. The desire to renovate is spiking to historical heights. 70 to 75% of homeowners are planning to complete a remodel on their home in the next six months. (laughs) 70 to 75 percent as much as construction's been going i wouldn't think there is that big of a percent left to to have i know i know you would think they'd already gotten it done by now there would only be like 30 percent left of the homes that needed a renovation and do you remember just five six years ago everybody was saying millennials may never buy a home they may just rent for their or or live with mom and dad the rest of their life or not necessarily a home but like uh, sky condos or apartment oh, livings or you know a lot of a lot of those types are going in in downtown areas you know forever apartment absolute settings well these millennials that we were told wouldn't be buying homes are now spending more to improve their homes than any other age group and it primarily is they will typically buy an older home so millennials are a big part of driving this. And, the, and the, the interesting thing about millennials is they call you and they ask you to come look at their property for a kitchen remodel. And you look at it and you tell them, well, I think this kitchen's going to be between thirty dollars and $50,000. Appliances, floor covering, lighting, cabinets, countertops. We're going to be right in that range. And they'll look at you and say, well, when can you start? 
Now, if I give that number to a baby boomer, they look at you, and then after they pick themselves up off the floor, they say, I only spent 35000 on this house. <laughs> In so, 1958. <laughs> man, oh, man. But here's the biggest trend of all. Porching. People are moving to front porch environments mm. all across the nation. I think that's spectacular. I think that's absolutely awesome. That would be a great improvement for the Phoenix area. And you know what I'm seeing more of at homes, whether they're uh, you know people that own them or even if they're flipped or whatnot? Yeah. Adirondack chairs in the front yard. Yes. There's one or two with a little pillow. It's kind of an inviting look, but there you go. That, that's kind of starting the trend. Well, that's, you know, that's all s- results of surveys they pulled from thousands of homeowners all across the country. Very interesting. Um, Phil Gordon, city of Phoenix mayor f- yeah. from prior mayor, yeah. back in the day, he had tried to start something like that. Yeah, he did. And installing front porches on homes. And it's it's a proven case. It brings crime down and builds communities stronger because you actually get out there and get put, to know put each eyes other out there on the street of, <laughs> instead of in your house or yeah. you know in in your basement or whatever. Well, I was going to say another trend I pulled out of the mansion section of the Wall Street Journal. This actually starts focusing on a home in Gilbert, Arizona, on new walk-in pantries and luxury pantries and how big that trend is becoming in new homes. Over 85% of homes that are over 3,500 square feet are are being built with a walk-in pantry now. No matter what what size home you have, it is a wonderful thing to have. And after working with Bridges, um, Get Organized with Bridges, once you do it, you'll never go back. Having your your space, especially your pantry, organized in such a way that it's, you know, what's in there. And still to this day, as grandparents, our children, our grandchildren, son-in-laws, what is the first thing they do when they come in our house? They go stand in (laughs) the pantry. pantry. (laughs) Now, if we could just teach them, I don't mind them going in there and I don't mind something to put in. (laughs) I don't mind them window shopping and standing there. But if they would just Put things back where they took it from. I go in there. I spend 20 minutes. I was just here yesterday. It was right here in this spot. Well, if you look at the organization of some of these luxury, not even luxury. I mean, that's just a lot of shelves and a lot of baskets. Love it. They Love have it. a lot of glass and plastic that they then put the food into. So you don't have to look in the box to see if you need a refill. You can do a visual inspection of moving your food products into containers yeah. and look at it. And they, uh, do you know where the word pantry comes from? I do not. It's a French uh, variation from the Latin word for bread. Okay. In the I'll accept that. 18th and 19th century, elaborately carved wooden boxes for storing bread was considered a status symbol. A status mm. symbol. So your pantry status symbol. Sounds like pan pardue, which is? French toast. French toast. If you'd like to join the conversation, one 767 4348 Your mic's not on. We're bringing in another member of the guest Bring from in. The Wedge. Bringing in Miss Carol. Try it again, Carol. No, no, you had to Just, write. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, we'll try her again a little bit. You can also Let's text get to the call. 411-923 or send an email to info at rosieonthehouse.com. Bart's on the line. Wants to talk about termites. Good morning, Bart. Good morning. 
I have an old uh, 1950s house, 900 square feet, um, and I've got termites along the sill. My question is what to do after I get it rebuilt. I'm I'm experienced enough in in carpentry to rebuild it, Um, but here's the problem. Um, It's standard wooden construction, two-by-six floor joists and two-by-four walls, Um, but it's built over a crawl space, which is problem number one of a floor, the finished floor, is level with the outside. That puts the floor, the the crawl space, which is one feet to two feet deep, below ground level. Yeah. The, um, on the outside, uh, I've removed the inside um, wood, wood um, tongue and groove. Okay. The outside is covered with first half inch of homoso, then a layer of black roofing paper, then one by 12 boards vertical, then they built up a layer of um, um, furnace bricks and mortar as a brick facing. Those are set on edge, and for that reason, I'm working from the inside of the house. Okay. I cut off. I cut off the bottom 30, 30 inches of the studs. Well, Bart, hang on one. Hang on one second. I believe you do, from the sound of it, have all the carpenter experience you need to replace the carpentry. Now we've got to deal with the termites because they'll be back. With with your wood that close to grade, that's conditions conducive for termite infestation. And the only thing I'd be able to tell you is if that were my home, uh, I'd get a termite company out to the property that dealt with a brand called Termidor. Uh, Termidor uh, treating in, about, and around your crawl space and your outside stem wall actually kills the termite colony. It doesn't just discourage them and have them go away. It actually kills the queen, which kills the colony. And I think if you've got that much wood, that close to grade, a good aggressive treatment of Termidor, uh, you have to be Termidor licensed to use it uh, as it relates to in about and around trees and other vegetation and gardens and things like that. But the best thing I could tell you is get a hold of a termite company that can administer Termidor and your problems are probably going to be about 90% fixed after you finish all the carpentry repairs. And the active ingredient in Termidor escapes me at the moment, but there's another product called Premise that has it as well. And there's a new product on the market called Fuse that blends Termidor and Premise together. Each one has slightly different characteristics. They liked the Termidor better because Premise had a tendency to wash away, but Premise also had um, qualities that Termidor didn't. So they're actually mixing them together, and it's called Fuse. And a couple of our termite contractors have had good success with that as well. So it's, it has the active ingredient and part of Termidor in it. But a lot of the guys, are, I think, are moving to fuse, it seems, the, the industry trend. So if you get a proposal with that as well, that's okay. We've, you've heard us talk about Termidor and only Termidor for the last 20 years. Well, Termidor advanced, I guess, is what you would call it now. Fuse is, seems to be where the industry is going.
right here back with the whole team at Rosie on the house. Good morning. Hey, Miss Carol. How are you guys? I uh, couldn't couldn't be better. Well, one of the things that we do here at Rosie on the House is make sure that every homeowner has the resources that they need to be a successful homeowner here in Arizona. And one of our favorite things that we hand out is our home maintenance calendar. And as you guys know, my job all this week has been to process (laughs) and enter over hundreds and hundreds of calendar requests. And as a part of that, I've gotten to read some really fun comments. Can I read one to you? Uh, Sure. Alrighty, Miss Katie said, your calendar has saved us many times this year. Recently checked and replaced the water anode and drained it. The anode was completely gone. Would have never even thought <laughs> these maintenance of these maintenance items without you. House is being patented this weekend and lots of other things that are a must to ensure the value of our home. Wishing you happy holidays to you and yours. Please send me my 2021 calendar. Oh, that's awesome. And I, I guess the and, one thing and, we'd like to say, if, if you've received... Uh, calendar if you've by already mail requested we, one yeah we have your address and you don't have to request a new one you'll get a new one automatically unless you've moved we don't know your new address or you want to order a couple for your neighbors we'll send multiple um and we've pushed that back we've had a couple of people okay i've signed up where 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 well we had so many requests <laughs> that it, we're like all right this is going to take us a couple days to enter all this data into the mailing list and we don't share it we don't sell it you just have to format it into the software that then prints all the labels that uh goes out through the post office service so (laughs) i think we've decided uh november 8 i'm sorry december 18th is our mail date next big date if you get what are we going to guarantee if you get your request in by the 15th the, it depends we'll, the, on the number. You'll get it on the on the 18th. <laughs> the, I mean, I'm still getting I'm still doing, getting requests as we speak, so it was, I'm going to do my best. <laughs> it was funny. She spent all Thanksgiving weekend at our house with her laptop, and she'd say, "Well, I'm I'm fulfilling calendar requests," and she started like with like 800, and. So I asked her two days later, well, what are you down to? She says, well, now we're at 8.15. <laughs> she she had spent two days fulfilling orders. They just data, entry, data entry is like uh, making code or writing code sometimes. And that's all new requests because we have thousands of others. But this, we sent out an email that prompted this. And Carol would request that you please include your address. Some yeah. people ask for it and forget to tell us their that's address. That's important. That's important. Because it's well, a physical calendar. We're, it is. Exactly. It is. It, it, we're having a little bit of appliance hangover from our last hour show with Hassar. Honest Appliance Service Sales and Repair. They they put an offer out that's only good till the end of this broadcast. And you can call them at 602-814-6504. And they will come out and perform a thorough inspection on up to five appliances. Now, this is an ordinary value of $885. They're knocking it down only today to $300. Now, look, folks, it's worth $300 because they're going to pull the refrigerator out and clean all that area behind the refrigerator and under the floor, and they'll always leave the appliance in better shape than when they found it. It's worth their $300 just for that. If, after checking out the five appliances, some of them need to be tuned up, uh, that $300 applies to the labor, and then you'll be charged for the parts. That's Hassar. It's the only for Rosie on the House listeners, and it's 602-814-6504, but you must place the phone call 
before the end of broadcast today. Carol, you were asking me about a refrigerator. Yes, Miss Tracy wrote in a question that says, My 18-year-old Kenmore bottom freezer refrigerator is freezing items in the fridge. No circulation obstructions. The thermostat set above average or below in both freezer and fridge. Thermostat was just replaced, and I don't want to purchase a new unit. Any advice? Call Hassar. Uh, and I tell you what, uh, we'll get in touch with her, and we'll cover we'll cover the three hundred dollars. We'll get that freezer. I I thought it was about the water line that was freezing, because a lot of these refrigerators that have the filter in the refrigerator that are just cartridges you twist on and off, it seems like when you replace those, many times the water line will freeze up. One of the tricks I've discovered is I just take Jennifer's hot blow dryer or my Milwaukee heat gun, and I just aim it at that control panel long enough for the water to start dripping again. And it's just a little freeze block in the water supply line. So you can, if, if your freezer is suffering from that dilemma, just a little blow dryer can solve the problem and you, you'll be all done. And when I replace the one at the office, it seems like it freezes up every single time. And I don't know why. I haven't figured that out. But every time I replace the filter, the line freezes. And the water, and the, the blow dryer and the Milwaukee heat gun takes care of it in just two minutes. Boom, it's done. <laughs> and then once it's once you get that initial plug out, it never plugs again until I change the filter again. So there's there's my little water supply tip. And we had a texter as well asking about their dishwasher that doesn't heat any longer. This is the temperature when they open it is the same as what comes out of the faucet, Ooh. but it used to be really hot. Well, the dishwasher has its own heating element in it, and either the thermostat that controls and regulates the temperature has gone out, or the physical heating element itself has gone out. You can, if you can pull the dishwasher out yourself, that's not an overly hard task if you know what you're doing, or again, that is something that Hassar uh, can come out and, and replace the heating element, but that's not a sign that you need to replace the whole dishwasher. It's eight years old. You've got plenty years left on that dishwasher. We just got to fix the heating element to it. If you'd like to join the conversation, it is our 10 o'clock hour, our open home hour. Open to you, the Arizona homeowner. Anything you want to talk about your home, castle, or cabin. Arizona homeowners, happy place, Rosie on the house. Well, I know we have a whole research department that investigates things to put into the e-commerce store. And the, the product of the month is the caddy storage cabinet unit. But I discovered in my own research today, Romy, here's something that has to go into the Rosie on the House e-commerce store. Got a new tool for us? Crescent Tool. Okay. Has invented a drill bit just for Rosie Romero. <laughs> Never wears out? It, well, it is a drill bit you install into your drill driver. In between the drill driver and the actual drill bit. So and it's it, not a drill. It fits. It's an it's a a insulator. It's called the E-Shock Guard. And should you accidentally drill into live voltage, it will protect it will protect the drill motor and the drill user up to one thousand volts. Sold. 
Wow. I think they, they need every to rename the, worker needs they, to have they, two they, of those on their trucks. They need to rename this the Rosie Drill Bit. It's called the eShock Guard by Crescent Tools. That's got to get it make its way into the e-commerce oh. store for sure. Man, oh, man. Oof. And is that the Crescent Wrench? Is got the Crescent Tool Crescent? Company. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Absolutely. So, at the Rosie on the House East Store, we take pride in that everything we have listed there, we've tied, tried, tested, and approved to make sure that it, it it's as good a product as I'm it not claims. Gonna, I won't <laughs> test this. I'm just going to take their word for it. I, I question how they <laughs> tested it before they put it on the market. Dude, watch the video. It's, oh, it's a... amazing. Okay. It's absolutely amazing. It's like that tool that stops the table saw when your finger hits the blade. Mm-hmm. Now, that inventor d- show, does it. I know. He puts his finger in a spinning table saw blade. To show that... I believe in this product. Yeah. And it stops and the whole thing, you know, breaks. I mean, you got to replace the table saw, but if it (laughs) saves your finger, I think it's kind of... How much is your finger worth to you? It breaks the anchor bolts (laughs) on the floor. What... uh, So do we need volunteers to test this? How are we going to do our product testing? I'm going to take Crescent Tools' word for it. Uh, It'll withstand up to 1,000 volts. That's a lot of electricity. Man, oh, man. When I saw that, I have to tell you, I I had a little bit of giggle in my I can see the neighbor's electricity suddenly going out for no reason. Yeah. Uh, Rosie must be fixing something again at his house. Oh, man. Uh, you, you've got calls. I do have calls. You want to take a call? Oh, what have you got there? Well, I just was playing off Carol's, uh, the calendars. That they're just, she keeps thinking she gets caught up, and then y'all talk about them, and she's up to another 100, I think, in the next, last little while. That's good. But uh, I thought this one was funny. This request this came in this week. Hi, I just thought you would like to know, says Pete. I offered my wife the Firefighters 2021 calendar, but she already decided on the Rosie House calendar. Truth. So I say, I, I, hmm. <laughs> well, our calendar is a lot more useful, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. Speaking of which, Miss Paula wrote in, I just finally bought a home, and as a first-time home buyer, I sincerely look forward to your calendar as my monthly guide to this new and thoroughly intimidating and frankly quite scary adventure known as home ownership. Isn't that what it's all about, you guys? Paula? Miss Paula. Oh, Miss Paula, look, you are exactly the listener we're looking for. We want to melt your anxiety about home ownership. It's the number one step on the great American ladder of economic success. There's nothing like paying that mortgage instead of paying that rent, especially at two and a quarter percent interest, which is about to go on rate right now. It's under three percent. Home ownership is the first step up the ladder of economic success. Paula, congratulations. You just let us know. Anytime you've got a question, we'll jump right on it for you and any other homeowner in Arizona. And if you would like the digital, it's not quite the same, but you can go to rosieonthehouse.com slash app and sign up for uh, Rosie on the House Homes Auto user account. And then if you subscribe to the premium edition, which is... Uh, $5 a month, use promo code ROSIE, and that'll save you 25%, so it's like $45 for the year. All of these maintenance items we talk about, you can check off digitally, so you can have a record of the last time you changed your air filters, when was the last time Hussar was out to fix that's, your That's all appliance. those new millennial homeowners right there. scan the receipts, and it'll save it in there, so it's like a digital file 
for all the things on your home. And if you ever go to sell your home, it's all right. There. It's all right there. And I, I think over the course of time, it's going to reduce the importance of a home inspection if you can show your maintenance record. Yeah, all I, spelled out right there in black and white. I, I think over a twenty-year time period, it's going to really change the the home inspection industry. So. Miss Debbie's been holding for a little while. Let's see if we can get to Miss Debbie. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning. How can we help you this morning? Um, I have a hot water heater solar panel on my roof, and I am planning on getting my roof uh, redone. They asked me if it worked. And I don't really know. How would I know whether or not that solar panel is working? Well, um, here's what I would do. And I don't know how practical this is for your home. I would shut everything off, including the water heater, shut all the breakers off so the water heater cools down. Turn it back on. And then see if if it heats up. If if the solar heater is working theoretically... The water shouldn't cool off. But yeah. Now, Miss Debbie, uh, where are you located? Yeah. Sun City West. Okay. Um, we'd be able we'd be able to test that solar water panel. How how long has it been on the roof? I don't know. It was there. I purchased the home thirteen years ago, and I have never done anything. <laughs> With, you know, there, there's uh, uh, equipment on top of my hot water heater, but I have never done anything with it. Um, you, you've always I just don't know whether or not that solar panel is even working. Well, you've always had hot water, so you never had to worry about it. I understand. <laughs> well, Miss Debbie, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to have our solar panel specialist. Uh, give you a call and talk you through the couple little simple steps that you could verify whether it's working or not. But you definitely want to verify this before you let a roofer up there take it all apart, re-roof your house, and put it all back together. Uh, so be patient. We'll put you in touch with the right person that can actually guide you through that step by step. As the calls and continue to pile up. Thinking through it, you could just flip the breaker off to the water heater. You wouldn't have to flip the rest of the breakers off. And if the solar water heater is working, or does the solar, does it require electricity to move the pump to pump the water? This is, we're going to have a little follow-up on this one. I was talking earlier about all the surveys and what people are doing in, about, and around their home. And uh, the, the two things that have historically always been at the top of the list are kitchens and baths. Well, quickly moving to the top of that list is workspace at home. It's, it's moving up the list quickly now that people are getting accustomed to working from home and dreaming about the possibility this could be how it is for a long long time but when it comes to remodeling bathrooms the number one pet peeve is that the space is just outdated it's got insufficient storage small showers poor lighting and limited counter space for how many years generations decades did we give a master bathroom a five-foot countertop 
with two sinks in it, leaving exactly 14 inches for the housewives to spread out all their utensils, appliances, and makeup. Well, we didn't have half of that stuff back then. When we were <laughs> well, that's true, too. <laughs> the amount yeah. of stuff we have in our bathrooms increased, so we got to increase the counter countertop space, the amount of plugins that you have, and the, the storage that there is. Well, increasing countertop and showers are the number two driving factors of what's driving bathroom remodeling, in particular, that master bathroom remodeling. And... I took a call at the office this week. Somebody wanted to know they were doing a towel, a shower themselves, and it was tile. And they put the, you know, their their hardy backer up, their cement board, and they said, "What do I seal it with?" I'm like, "Well, no, you seal the tile and the grout when it's done. If you seal the hardy backer, the thin set's not going to bond to the to the tile to the board like it's designed." But they were just absolutely convinced they had to seal the hardy backer first. I'm like. Well, no, it's designed to stick to thin set. If you seal it, the thin set's not going to stick the way you want, and it's going to delaminate. But they just had it in their mind. It's got to be done. So I finally just said, call Arizona Tile. Have them talk, <laughs> talk you through it because it didn't matter how many times or how many different ways I said it. They were just so dead set in their mind. It had to be sealed first. But we've got every line lit. Um, so let's just move right through it as fast as we can. O.M., Wants to talk about building a uh, reasonably priced RV structure. Welcome to the program. Yeah, hey, Rosie. Thank you for taking my call. Yes. Yeah, so um, we wanted to build a uh, detached RV garage, uh, which would be like a multi-purpose, uh, an RV parking area, and then a sound of kind of like a recording studio and uh, uh, dance studio like like multifunctional okay and uh, if i go if i go with the traditional stick build the budget is going over two hundred thousand. and i was looking for alternative options like i see pole barn i see metal barns so i'm confused so i thought i'll ask your guidance on it well the first thing i would tell you is make sure do you are you are you in a neighborhood that's regulated by a homeowners association um, no, this okay. is a uh, county island. Okay. Harsh property. Okay, nice. great. Um, you're not going to get anything built less expensively and more permanent than a pre-manufactured steel building. And I'm going to tell you that we have a client also out on a county island north of Pinnacle Peak who wanted a fairly large garage structure. And, and when I say fairly large garage structure, I'm talking 8,000 square feet garage. Um, we priced it. To What's he parking in we, there? We, some beautiful rigs. <laughs> we, we priced that in uh, conventional stick build. And uh, it, was, it was prohibitive. It really was. And so we directed him to Justin Legler at Imperial Trailer Sales in Mesa. And Justin does a lot of... Uh, so Mayor motels, he started steel off buildings, by selling trailers. His dad started a, a horse trailer sales, and so Justin's expanded that to do, you know, like you were saying, actual horse barns and stables, and that has gone into steel buildings because a lot of your haylofts are concrete slab yeah. steel sided. And, and this particular garage uh, is insulated. It is air conditioned. It has its own internal man cave in it. Uh, and it's built out of steel. And I'm going to tell you, it was done for exactly 
one-third of what we were going to have to charge to build it stick frame conventional. So I hope that helps. Give Justin a call at Imperial Trailer and uh, visit with him about uh, he'll he'll know exactly the project we're talking about when you tell him you talk to Rosie about the big garage out in Rio Verde. He's on Alma School. It's 480-833-3090 and imperialaz.com. All the Christmas tree lots are popping up. The number one question we got at Rosie on the House this week is, will 7-Up extend the life of my Christmas tree? And all I can tell you is we haven't found a tree expert that says it does. <laughs> I don't know where and, that got started. And I think a lot of it was the sugar. Sure, know, yeah. Adding sugar. And when you buy a Christmas tree now, there's always stuff out on top of the table. Put this in. Yes, you buy yes. this. Buy this. Extend the life of your tree. Extend the life of your tree. And I, you know, I... I'm not against any of those things. They're not very expensive, but I think it's right. just something else for them to sell you. That I mean, how long are you expecting to keep your tree alive anyway if you're buying a real tree? Of course, a little seven and seven <laughs> might extend the life of your Christmas party. Yeah, you know might what I mean? extend the life of your Christmas party. That's right. Exactly. We did have a homeowner a couple years ago test another theory about soaking your Christmas tree. And yep. Tied a rope to it, threw it in his pool, Yep. and he said it stayed green until february yep so i like that but i just didn't like the way it seemed to kill the smell of the tree with the chlorine uh, so i just i just wash my tree down in a bucket with fresh water soak it and saturate it to death hose it down outside well, not to death it's already <laughs> dead because it's cut off <laughs> well your mic's not working again <laughs> so okay well maybe Come in the studio. Oh, then. go ahead. It's working. Let me give you a couple things. Okay. Speaking of the season of giving, we are giving out our 2021 home maintenance calendar right now. And I had a homeowner from Fountain Hills write in and say, thank you for the email with the joyous news that the 2021 calendar is ready. We are enjoying 2020's calendar, especially the list of high quality professionals you provided, which were very helpful to get some of the jobs done right and well. And of course, so many thanks to you for your most delightful and interesting Saturday morning broadcasts. Your 2021 calendar will be warmly welcome and very much appreciated. A smiling homeowner in gorgeous Fountain Hills. Thank you for that text. We appreciate the words of encouragement. That fountain uh, should be going off in eight minutes. In eight minutes, okay. <laughs> a number of years ago, we had covered a story where a homeowner in the Midwest had bought an old farm that still had a bunch of silos, grain silos. Well, he had them all taken down except one, and he converted the one silo into a library. And so you would walk circular upstairs all the way around the silo to the top, and along the way you could pick out your books. And then he had a deck up there where you could uh, – he had put in this grain silo. He'd taken out and put in some skylights and brought in some natural lights. So you could grab your books on the way up, take a nap, read, take a nap, read, you know, enjoy your library. Well, there is now another use for a grain silo if you happen to find one. You know, there's only certain lives uh, – cycle that they have so sometimes uh old metal ones get torn down before re obviously before being rebuilt or you know whatever the case may be is turning it into a pergola and out of deckmagazine.com shows how to convert 
an old grain silo into an outdoor backyard pergola. And it's actually very uh, neat the way they did it because they didn't completely cut off all sides, put a nice paver uh, footing down first, uh, then put the silo on top and had a nice backing on it that uh, turned it into not only a pergola but an outdoor kitchen where half of it's open to the outdoor while half of it's concealed so that the wind didn't blow through your cooking area. Bring the rural farm feeling right to your own backyard with a silo topper. <laughs> I love I, it. It gave me inspiration because we're going to do an outdoor pergola kitchen style one day. and that's, uh, I would check with your homeowners association. Well, that's why I don't live with the homeowners association. <laughs> it's called the Amanda Homeowners Association, right? Oh, she would love that. I know she would. I know. I would love it. It's beautiful. So we were talking earlier about a couple places we'd like to encourage y'all to shop in this holiday season, and we would encourage you to shop local. Uh, Sibley's West is an excellent opportunity to do that for Arizona-made gifts. We've fallen in love with that store. The Coyote Odie Cookie Store in Glendale, the Green Valley Pecans. Just take a look at their website, pecanstore.com. Come, some excellent, excellent treats. I mean, how can you go wrong when you mix dark chocolate with pecans? (laughs) And if you want to make your own, uh, we've got your mama's seasoned pecans recipe up on the website, and you can buy those Green Valley pecans. There's nothing like a good fresh pecan seasoned up just right. And if you're on Jennifer's happy uh, good list, you're going to be getting some of Jennifer's homemade Cajun baby K's. Green Valley pecans. What did, what did we what did we have? Forty pounds delivered. Forty pounds. So that's one of our favorite little gifts we like to give out. So Jennifer's had the oven fired up for about two days solid right now. So pecanstore.com would be a great place to check out. And if you have questions between now and next Saturday, rosieonthehouse.com. R O S I E on the house.com you can email info at rosieonthehouse.com and our 800 number will get forwarded back to the office we'll pick up answering it on mondays one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight that's one triple eight rosie for you for anything you need on your home castle or cabin next saturday our outdoor living hour we'll be talking trees with a save a tree and our tree of the month would be the mexican blue palm our on the house hour it's actually what we learned all year long in the on the house and then of course 10 o'clock is up to you the arizona homeowner whatever you want to talk about your home castle or cabin enjoy the holiday season remember this folks people can tell you're smiling even with a mask on by looking at your eyes spread the love <laughs>